0: an NBA champion, an Olympic champion, um, an all-star, and uh, with some of his best years ahead of him as at just 25 years old, and getting a chance to see him in a Celtic uniform.
1: Are there any questions? Yes, we have a lot of questions, Mr. Ainge. <laughs> why did you call that conference call like 10 minutes after the greed was the trade was agreed upon in principle? I was wondering that at the time myself, and here we are live. Today is Sunday, August 27th, 2017. Literally, a very rare live episode of Celtics Beat, episode number 224, presented by FanDuel. Here with Chris Forsberg, for real. Uh, Chris... I mentioned on our Now, which looking like a lost episode. We may release that, by the way. Uh, but I actually had a little questions of how that came together so fast. And we were talking on, the, on our prior episode that could be, you know, lost in the abyss of, you know, even, you know, the Garnett trade was not announced. It took time. A lot of times when the Celtics acquire players, they say, hey, we can't talk about X player or Y player until all the I's and T's are crossed. It was uh, just... It was interesting that, like, like I said on our last episode, that came together real quick. Uh,
0: have they formally introduced Gordon Hayward yet? You know, it, remember how long it took that one to be finalized? Well, he finalized? had a conference and, call though. It, Gordon it, Hayward I, uh, had a conference call. Yeah, but even that was was some two and a half weeks after uh, he had finally signed. It, it, you know, they're usually very diligent. As you know, in that situation, we. We we knew they wanted to make sure everything every every T was crossed, I was dotted before they, they talked about Gordon Hayward. It was unique, and I, I don't I, I can't necessarily explain it. I don't know if there was a confidence on Boston's end that hey, uh, th- this is what was agreed upon, and th- th- this is, isn't going to fall through. I think you have good faith in your trading partner that that they know what's happening. Uh, but listen, they've they've hit a, a quite the bump here and uh you know uh we we were hoping maybe we could uh finagle a way to just you know p- massage the corners of that podcast that will live in the internet abyss, but you know I think l- we think it's going to be a little bit of a standoff here right so you can't just uh code it's it's going to be interesting to see how the next
1: few days drag out. audio from said conference call was taken from of course youtube.com dot com slash c l n s media youtube slash CLNS media i want to get into the whole logistics of the ins and the outs and Someone who is very involved in this uh, process is uh, your colleague, Adrian Wojnarowski, who you can't say too much about, uh, largely because of the corporate shackles that I don't want to get into, uh, but we'll probably uh, just discuss everything there. But this episode will be released live on Sunday. It's going live right now, and we will listen to on demand throughout the week by many of our dearest of listeners. So we are going to do a if the trade goes through type, and if it doesn't go through, first off, we'll do, I guess, the good part first. If this trade does not go through, and we're getting into this later, I think it's disastrous for the Celtics. I, I, I Everyone will reference, oh, Rondo, Chris Paul, they'll go to that something. Rondo came back. He was a little bit of a pro of a pro. The team wins the Houston Conrad Finals. We'll get into that later. Let's start off with the good, because when we recorded some, what is it now, 36, 48 hours ago, we were under the assumption that the trade was pretty much done. We even knew what number Kyrie Irving was going to wear with, for the <laughs> Celtics. Like that he was even done, that part. Uh, but... Me and you, as we were discussing, were in the minority. The seemed to be the general consensus of not just Celtics fans but the national NBA media or anyone following the basketball was Boston gave up too much. Now we don't know if it, you know if a potential deal does happen, what else is gonna be included in the trade, but under the logistics to what they were agreed to you me and you both loved it. I gave the you – know, we gave a variety of reasons, but for me, I guess the one that jumps right out, Kyrie Irving is the best player in this trade. And usually, when you acquire the best trade player in the trade, rule of thumb is you win the trade.
0: And and, and that's the way you have to look at it. And, and you know what I think is most interesting, and it, it, it sort of tells how the tide has maybe turned a little bit on how, uh, how fans are viewing this, is that if, if it had come out that night that Cleveland all of a sudden was leery about Isaiah's hip. Celtics fans would have been sitting here going, yes, reverse this, like, whatever you got to do to make sure this doesn't go through. But over the course of that, maybe next 24, 48 hours after the trade uh, went official, I felt like Celtics fans kind of started to, you know, look at it, take the emotion out of it, the way Danny Ainge viewed it, and kind of started to embrace it. And so now I think there is a little bit of, you know, almost panic among Celtics fans, like... You know, not only would it be awkward and and, and that whole thing, but Celtics fans have started to the picture of their future with Kyrie Irving and realize, you know, this is probably the better path forward because it gives you the more talent, more top level talent that can sort of get you to that next level. And you know, that's what this whole summer was about. I go back to what Danny Ainge told Steve Bullpett in the Herald right after the Celtics season ended. He said, "We have good players. We need great players." And so while the Celtics gave up a lot in this deal and that, you know, the whole idea of I'm not calling Isaiah Thomas just a good player. You know, he's, he, I don't know what, what the right classification there is, but I think if we're being honest, Kyrie Irving is a better player and a player that has a better chance to be a great player deeper into the future and get this team to where it desires to go. And so, yeah, I think if, if this trade ultimately goes through, and regardless of what they have to do to, to get it to the finish line, you know, while they paid a steep price, you will still look back on this trade and say the Celtics got the best player involved and the player with the the best chance to get them where they want to go.
1: There's a higher, so this is what we said on the previous show, which we may or may not release. I'm I'm actually tempted to release it maybe at the middle of the week, especially if this trade does happen. Uh, but this is what we did say. We're both very concerned that, listen, we had Mike Gorman here last on last week's show. It was basically, hey, brand new team, there are going to be early season struggles and that this was even before this trade for Kyrie Irving or this potential trade for Kyrie Irving. Therefore, there was going to be once again more Brad Stevens lineup experimentation, which could lead to a lot of early season losses as has been the case in prior years. Now you get Kyrie Irving is going to be four new starters, but nonetheless, there would be a higher ceiling for that team and a higher ceiling for a longer time. As we said on last week's show, as we said actually on the on our lost show that was never released was, you know, that was the best Isaiah Thomas was going to give you. And of course now the whole thing, this is, this is going to be a topic specifically dedicated to is the whole hippie issue. But Kyrie Irving has been Kyrie Irving for four or five years. That Isaiah Thomas was that Isaiah Thomas for about a year.
0: Exactly. And and that's what you, you, you keep coming back to is that, you know, I, as mesmerizing as Isaiah's season was last year, I think we all sat here, you know, and, and said like, "What? It, what are the possibilities that he maintains that?" And listen, like, it's hard to bet against Isaiah because for two and a half. Seasons, oh, we all
1: had questions, and he kept proving us wrong for two and a half years. Exactly,
0: and so and so. Listen, would it surprise me if he goes out and, and finds a way to, to, to average twenty eight points on even though he's playing next to LeBron James? No, like you know, Isaiah is going to have a whole lot of motivation here. Uh, but, I, again, you know, and, and we'll get into the hit, but, you know, you do, you're do a little bit leery there. You're leery about the payday that looms next summer when he's 29 and committing big money to a little guy. You know, one of the things we really stressed in that episode was how little guys take a lot of punishment. And fair or not, the lifespan of, of a 5'9 guard in this league and a 5'9 guard who likes to go inside and crash into big bodies – is even shorter, and so you know. Again, if Isaiah played the forty, would I be surprised? No, but uh, you just in this in this game of basketball, it's all about. And I think especially with the Celtics, they know this with with Zarin and their front office. They are really good at risk management. They are really good at identifying the best chances, the best opportunities going forward. And and as cold as it is, and as ruthless as this business is. Uh, Kyrie Irving is is going to give them a better chance moving forward, and ultimately that's all it comes down to. It's it's like there's nothing else beyond that, and that's why you pay a big ransom to get him here. Uh, I got a chance in between when we taped that first episode and and now to to talk to Brad on Friday, and you could sense the excitement. Like you know he was waiting for the emotional sting to wear off. But, you know, you could see it in his eyes. Like, he finally has elite players. And one of those elite players, Gordon Hayward, is a guy who he obviously has a relationship. So there's a lot of excitement. It's going to take some time for the sting to wear off. It's going to, That Band-Aid's going to peel a little bit slower now because of what they're going through here. Uh, but I do think ultimately the, the this thing gets done and Brad gets a chance to, to play with some real elite talent.
1: So I was most concerned if and when this trade does happen and they get Kyrie. I think the defense is going to take another step back, oddly enough. You said no. Offensively, (laughs) I really wasn't worried at all. I think that, you know, if Brad Stevens has floor spacing, which they're going to maintain in the starting lineup, regardless, bench is going to be an issue. And that's something that we harked upon in that last episode uh, many a times. But I think Kyrie just fills that Isaiah Thomas role right off, you know, right out of the gate and then some. And as long as Brad Stevens has floor spacing to work with, I am not worried about the offense one iota.
0: Yeah, it, it, you're exactly right. Because here's what Brad said: the same thing, pretty much. He said, you know, he's worried like how his 11 new faces going to work together, but he's pretty confident that regardless of how the starting lineup ultimately looks, and you know, we can throw around all the potential two starting two guards with Jalen or Marcus or you know, Terry Rozier, whoever wants to earn that job, uh, they'll figure that out. But um, Brad is confident that with Kyrie, with Al Horford, with Gordon Hayward on the floor that offense is going to go, and they're going to figure things out, and they complement each other, and it's going to work together. There's a little bit more concern about how things work when you get to the second unit, and that's where staggering Gordon Hayward with uh, Kyrie Irving and making sure you have one... Uh, sort of elite ball handler, creator on the floor will be important. That'll be Marcus uh,
1: Smart, and that's why you keep Marcus Smart on the bench. I know that's exactly, a point. That's a point you exactly. make for another show, but I mean, I'm not. That's I should bring it up there, Lee.
0: I mean, that's another luxury, right? And that's another. It goes back to when they were doing the initial sort of roster shuffling, and you know, everyone's sitting there going, "Man, why did they move Avery Bradley?" Well, you know, I'm not saying they had the foresight to know that that was going. That they were going to need Marcus's ball handling, but I think we we understood that. You know it's important to have that guy who can create. And listen, like Marcus might eventually make that jump. I'm not saying he's going to be a a, a go-to offensive guy who knocks down 40% of his shots, but uh, if he can continue to learn how to direct the offense, and and again, when you put more talent out there with a point guard, uh, it just naturally leads to, to good things. So I agree. I think I think in the, the the early assessment would be Marcus sort of staying in that role, but he should also be motivated. The longest tenured Celtic is going to hear all this stuff about how he should remain in that six-man role and maybe a bit like Isaiah Thomas uh, will be motivated to go out there and show that maybe he's ready for a bit more uh, of a bigger role but either way we know Marcus is important to this team uh, defensively I, I go back to what I said yeah no no it was just uh I, while I am likewise concerned I think back to last season when we were like so sure the Celtics were going to be and I'll go as far as to say I think we even said in our like you know the Celtics will have the best defense in the league. Adding out over to that back, year,
1: yeah, I said that last and, year.
0: I said so. What's going to happen this year is going to be the exact opposite. It was, we're going to all sit here and fret about the defense and how are they going to figure this out and you know Kyrie is still a liability and all this, and then they're going to go out there and, and somehow some way they will be a top ten, top eight defense. And I don't know how that happens, and that's going to take some serious Brad Stevens wizardry. But I just – there's something in my, my, my gut tells me that they're going to figure out a way. And I, I just think last season there was, was these instances where uh, they were so focused on the offense, both on how easy it came with Isaiah on the floor and how hard it was when he wasn't, that there was just for, – for whatever reason, there was lapses. And I don't know if – you know uh, the one of the things, again, about elite players is they find a way to not go with those ebbs and flows, those highs and lows. They just do what they do. And I think there's a better chance this year that defense is more consistent and that just somehow that they find a way to, to be a, a, a good defensive team. And listen, the rebound is still going to be an issue. They still they, they still care, zero cares about defense, I mean, about rebounding. But uh, I, I just feel like this team has a chance to still be an adequate defensive team.
1: Yeah, see, I just think defensively that's just going to be a familiarity issue. There's really no quarterback. Uh, I, I guess Al Horford can somewhat qualify that, but he's a little slow. But there really aren't enough. I think that just simply goes back to – all the players that are here together—they just haven't spent enough time together. Of course, once again, pending said Kyrie Irving trade goes through, <laughs> I'll make sort of this is what, and we talk about this on. I, I hate referencing that. We're going to have to. I'm going to almost have to put that show out on, uh, like, say, the middle of the week. And now we seriously do hope and uh, pray that that trade does go through, <laughs> uh, especially since we keep referencing it. But I love. I really believe that there was going to be a Russell Westbrook theory with Kyrie Irving.
0: And I think. I can see that potential. I don't know if it'll necessarily manifest itself. You know, the thing to me is that the, the Russell Westbrook syndrome happened because, you know, not that he didn't have other players around him, but he didn't have other superstars. It was almost a necessity for him to every night go out there and be the guy. And, and same thing with James Harden, sort of like, you know, things will change in Houston this year because Chris Paul will, will have the ball more and, 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 Harden stat line can't be quite what it is. Uh, will it be very good? Yes. I, I just still think there's a, a natural uh, tendency when multiple stars come together that, that has to defray a little bit. That That's why you always see guys, you know, MVP odds drop. Although Kyrie spiked, uh, but we can understand that because LeBron is such a prohibitive uh, top favorite there that you know he can't possibly be as high in the odds. Now that in Boston, those, those jump up a little bit. But he's still going to have to share production with Al, in, even though his stat line doesn't jump off the page. But more so with Gordon Hayward. Um, I do see a situation where you have a player here who has essentially requested to be moved from his team, to be removed from the shadow of LeBron James, and he should be relentlessly motivated to to prove why he did that, to prove that he that the that he but he had the
1: stones to do
0: that, right, but could also back it up.
1: The antithesis of Kevin Durant. And even, uh, he, I guess the 2011 LeBron James, where everybody and, went out and, you know, crushed for doing this. Hey, this is a guy who actually wants to do it on his, sort of, to say, on his own, 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 but sort of be the face of the most historic franchise in the sport.
0: And, and, and I thought it was interesting that Kevin comes out and, and actually applauded him for that. And, you know, I mean, that same thing. I think it was funny to see everyone sort of point out the irony in it. But, um, no, I think that's a good thing for Boston. I think that's a part of the reason they were willing to make this trade a lot of what we talked about was about how crazy it is that two rivals in the Eastern Conference are making this blockbuster deal essentially swapping all-stars yeah, to take what we LeBron said. Was out historic. of it. We said it, it, it was it really, historic. It, it really is, but you know why Danny Ainge yeah. is, is, is not only because does he think it's better for the future of the the franchise, but I think he looks at Kyrie and he says there's a little bit of Isaiah Thomas in him in the sense that he's going to have this chip on his shoulder despite the fact the status of his team and he's going to want to go out there and prove everybody wrong and they're going to and, and especially on the four regular season games and then seven times in the playoffs he's going to have someone who wants to go out there and beat the Cavs more than anyone else in the NBA and it's going to be interesting to see if Kyrie embraces that and how he's able to take his game to another level. I do think you know, there's definitely that notion that he's going to uh, his status as a player in the NBA will go forward whether that's Muscling him into the top five, top eight, whatever it might be. Uh, I don't think it'll be as pronounced as maybe a Harden or a Westbrook, but I do think there'll be a jump. And I think you know NBA players already love Kyrie, but there's a very good chance they will they will say, "Wow, you know this guy really impacts the game when he's on the floor," and and further embrace what he brings because of, of being the alpha here.
1: Yeah, there's you brought that up. There is no precedent in sports of this type of trade happening where two teams that were clearly at the top of their conference, traded players that were as significant as they were. Isaiah, basically, who was the best player on his own team. Kyrie Irving was the second best player on his own team. It's not even in the NBA where, you know, as we see many star players get traded in the NBA, it's likely from a rebuilding team or a team, you know, moving on, trying to rebuild to a team that wants to be a contender, be it, say, the Barkley trade, Will Chamberlain, Pau Gasol, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kevin Garnett, as, as a matter of fact. It's just usually rebuilding team to contender slash team that wants to be contender. I mean, you almost never see a trade, which you well, know, may or may not happen, that we did possibly <laughs> see this past uh, Tuesday. Anyways, we are going to have to shift to the now more depressing possibilities. But before we do, I have a, a great note that I need to pass along to my audience uh, to cheer everybody up before we do. And that is that uh, the wait is nearly over because fantasy football is back and football is back, which means FanDuel is back. Fantasy football fans, for everyday fans, new contests starting every week. No busted seasons. Sign up today. Go to fanduel.com. Click the Join Now button and use my code CelticsBeat. That's CelticsBeat, all one word. The very own CelticsBeat Listener League will begin in week one, which is the week of the 10th of September. Join now, of course, by going to fanduel.com slash Celticspeed. I have been advised to give a suggestion, so I will give said hint as to whom I like. uh, If you do play against me, NFL kickoff 2017. So the Patriots hang the banner, another one of those things, uh, those Thursday night games. And yes, Kansas City, they sport one of the stoutest defenses in the NFL. So that's all the better in my eyes. You can get Tom Brady at the cheapest price you can get him for all year. As I believe, uh, Chris, the emotion from that night is going to provide the boost for a huge night from the Patriots offense. They've usually had some big nights offensively. I don't know if you remember when they opened Gillette for the first time against the Steelers. That was still one of Brady's career games when he like slinged it around 50 times. So, we'll wrap it here. Try FanDuel for free with no deposit required. Visit FanDuel.com to claim your free contest and play for a share of $10,000 to sign up using promo code CelticSpeed. That's FanDuel.com, promo code CelticSpeed. Void where prohibited. Okay, uh, here we go. Way to, way, way to go out on a limb there. I know. <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> I like Brady. It's Brady, though, against the KC defense, and it's usually uh, it's at a cheaper price, and you're going to get, say, Tom Brady against, uh, give me some Patsy defense. I don't know, like Buffalo or, or whatever, some team that he usually you know throws five touchdowns against. Okay, so I used the word disastrous earlier in the show if this trade does – if – Cleveland, there's uh, there's two options I guess that could happen. The Celtics could throw in a significant asset, God forbid the Lakers pick. They could throw in another asset, like something like you know something at the end of the first round, one of their picks. Which me, I know me, I can speak for you in this, saying yeah, of course, sign me up right here. But if there is a doomsday scenario, and the longer this thing drags on, the more I think that this is you know the, this is a possibility, and I'm gonna get pretty. I use the word disastrous. Give me an adjective of something like that if this thing is blown up in anyone, everyone's face.
0: Unfathomable. Uh, I really can't even wrap my head around it. And I know it, it's it's a possibility, um, but I, I, I love the, the expression people keep using. You know, the toothpaste is out of the tube. It's like I just don't know how you go backwards. Uh, I think they're in too deep. Um, I do think we're in for a standoff here, and if I'm Danny Ainge, I look at what I'm giving up, and I say, yeah, no. Uh, but if they want to let this thing drag out, it, and I think it will, I think it will go whatever the the deadline is, Thursday Wednesday, yeah, or
1: Wednesday or Thursday. something like that.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I just see it like, you know, who will crack first?
1: Now, and, is that – I'm going to jump in. Is that not a little uh, – I'll say classless on Cleveland's part. I mean you agreed to a deal in principle – uh, and this is where I'm going to now – now you're probably going to have to jump around a little bit. But Adrian Wojnarowski has pretty much served as a press secretary for the Cavs during this whole process. He puts out a tweet four days ago. I retweeted it from the Celtics Beat account. Cleveland has no short-term concerns on Thomas's health. No surgery was needed on the hip. Cavs are motivated, getting motivated all-star in contract year. That did not come from a selectman from the city of Cleveland. That obviously came from someone from the Cavs organization. Now it's, oh, and now also, this is also what's very interesting about the wording from Woj. We have never heard of the phrase yet, failed physical. It is just after the physical, blah, blah. We have never heard of failed physical. So is this now, I, I do not think Cleveland is doing this in good faith. When you, all, let's do something that I guess we can correlate to. 20, 25 years ago, when we were trading baseball cards, and I said, you know, here's a riffy, you know, rookie card for, uh, you know, Randy Johnson and Jay Buhner, and he said, "All right, yeah, sure, done." You didn't then go home and say, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna renege – You know, you if you kind of, a, you said, "Yeah, I, I had I had friends who
0: did that, and they I, weren't my know, friends longer <laughs> any
1: longer." I shoved their teeth so far down their throat. I mean, they'd be, you know, go ahead.
0: No. I- I think what happened here, and, in, in, you know, it's pretty transparent, that they were uh, well, they understood they probably got to look at his medical records and, and sat there and said, all right, you know, this doesn't seem so bad. And then for whatever reason, once he got in there and they took a look, and, you know, I do think there's uh, a little bit of, uh, just like the Celtics fans digesting the trade, uh, Cleveland sits there and, uh, you know, first year GM, and maybe, yeah. I don't know if they start second guessing a little bit, but... You know, all of a sudden it's like, well, what if he misses some time here? You know, how does this deal look? And uh, I, I do think it, it, it's a unique situation, uh, not certainly not unprecedented. Uh, I've thought all along that it's, it's, it's been a, just a little weird with the whole Isaiah situation, you know, from the fact that there, he, he hasn't made a lot of comments about it other than to say that his rehab has been going okay you know, Danny came out at various times after they did a bunch of these checkups. Yeah, and, and it was not a rah-rah,
1: Isaiah's going to be great, we can't wait. I mean, there was a lot for us to be skittish, so I thought the Celtics were very open, or as open as they possibly could be about his hip. Ainge, even in said conference call, talked about how the hip yeah. sort of went into the trade. So they were not, this is not a San Diego Padres, Drew Pomeranz type thing. Exactly. They were I, lying about his health.
0: I You know, part of me wonders if there's any way they can, as part of this negotiation, and you know, even if it's a if it if it's as if all else fails, you know, do, is there a way to, to to structure something where you say, okay, the compensation will be based on the number of games Isaiah plays. Like, isn't that the fairest way to do it? Like, okay, if you're really concerned about Isaiah, you know, we say the Celtics told them they that hey, he might, might miss the start of the year, but we think he'll be back in November and we'll play 50 games, 55 games. You know, set a number, and if he doesn't reach it, then the compensation goes up from. A top 55 protected second round pick to you know some some second round pick that they got or something, but I can't imagine Danny Ainge being willing to go any further than than that. And as much as he's going to want to get this deal to the finish line, there's just a bit of principle here uh, because you don't just when that friend comes crying back about not wanting that Jay Buhner card anymore, you say you know well you know maybe think of that next time. And that's a lesson to learn right I mean if
1: Cleveland if Cleveland renegs on this, I still would like to think that they won't and I think even having this situation is as far as it is, Danny's never going to make a a move with that you know Kobe Altman character again, and Danny's as connected in the league as anybody who has you know phenomenal relationships from a lot of people as we know he can I, mean, I don't want to say he will, but I, I know I'd be telling some of my quote unquote friends I won't even urinate on this guy if he's on fire from now on, and neither should you. <laughs>
0: I know. And, and, and again, it's hard to know because we don't know what's going on inside. It might be more cordial than we think. Uh, but I do think, you know, regardless, there's going to be hurt feelings here uh, because you hate that this stuff goes public. And this is why the Celtics are so great about keeping everything under rep. They wrap. So and it was rarely... Cleveland
1: who put this out because it was Woj who broke the story and it was Woj who was telling everyone that this is happening, that's happening. And that was all coming from Cleveland's camp because it does not come it's... from the Celtics to Woj.
0: The the Celtics are very tight lipped about their processes and what they go through, and you know they get. There have been instances where they've been burnt. Uh, JaVale McGee uh, was you know signed and then unsigned, and you know there there there's no,
1: it, it's not I wouldn't call uh, being burnt. Without- <laughs> JaVale McGee, that's not a good reference. But go ahead. <laughs> but
0: you know it it happens, and you know hey, listen, there's a lot of people at play here. There's agents. There's you know and there's plenty of places that these things can come out of, and. Uh, you know, but yet yeah, we, we certainly know that that teams uh you know put out there what they need to put out there. I think ultimately, uh, I just can't. Again, I go back to my wor- first word, unfathomable. I don't see a scenario in which this uh, does not get to the finish line. And again, I, I just I just i can 't see the Celtics one what, what's to sweeten scary the deal. Is,
1: since me and you are Celtics fans, and a good portion of the audience that is listening to this show are Celtics fans, as much as we want to be say be critical in saying that Cleveland it seems like they 're not really doing this in good faith, there is also way more pressure on the Celtics to get a deal done. Cleveland can say listen we 're kind of moving on from Kyrie anyways we 'll just turn right around and just take whatever the highest bidder gives us for Irving before the start of the season. Uh, I, but does, that, be, but does that
0: highest bidder get them a 2018 unprotected well, Brooklyn that's I mean, pick? I, 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 does yeah, it get them I Jay know. Crowder? I mean, I just I just don't think you there's a know. deal out there. You know, we're, we're sitting here in the days after, and some people are saying— We didn't
1: think that with Jimmy Butler or all these other potential sellers. You know, Paul George, and we all said, oh, geez, Boston could have beat that. Boston could have beat this. We've seen enough now over the last 14 <laughs> months of other teams, quote-unquote, beating— a Boston offer or a potential Boston offer on a certain trade, so I'm not gonna. Well,
0: what do you, but what do you think happens if they, if the, if, let's say Doomsday hits and it, they, they don't, you know, make this deal, they get rescinded, and they, everyone's gonna kind of slink back to their team. What wanna happens with what, Isaiah?
1: I yeah, don't want to know. Uh, you know, there's, there's, we can hear. You, this is what you're gonna hear: Danny Ainge, Brad Stevens, and Isaiah come out and say, "Oh, part of the business." Blah blah blah. You'll hear a lot. You'll see a lot of references to Rondo and Chris Paul. How. Uh, that you know the now that trade never you know was completed, but the Celtics were very open about their uh, interest in Chris Paul and their interest in trading Rondo for Chris Paul. Just, I just it is tough to wrap your head around Isaiah J even coming back too because he's been spending the last six months on Twitter or any type <laughs> of social media talking about oh they don't want me the Celtics fans this blah 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 blah, blah. but. Uh, just but we, we and, were and so yeah, on that lay hey, what's reference the last show again we were talking about how that specific group that came together after the Rondo trade to Dallas in 2015 and Jay Crowder started playing more up until that Eastern Conference Finals loss how that team had kind of carved out its own niche in Celtics history that group relied on its kind of you know you know the bonding internally i do you, that that doesn't that's not i like to think that will not be there anymore
0: yeah, and I think you have to think of it, think of it that way. This is just a new team, and it has to forge its own identity. And, and Brad said, told me on Friday, I'm you talking know, talking
1: about Isaiah coming back, I just uh, and well, Jay coming back too, because those were two uh, Avery Bradley as well. Those were the emotional guys that's really held that. E- you know.
0: Even if those two guys were to come back, well, and while I think that that you know that that keeps the, a little bit of that the the, the sort of uh, identity of the team not and really sort like of that bl- really. under the uh, yeah, under I the radar totally blue destroyed. collar. But I, I don't know. I just, I just don't see it. I, I, I just Again, I, it's so hard to wrap my head around. I just can't even fathom it. I do think Brad and Danny being sort of uh, excellent sort of spin controllers and, and, and being able to, to get their players back on the right page, um, I, I think they could hear. do it.
1: You're going to hear so much of, we talked to Isaiah, he's a pro, he understands this is a business, and then Isaiah will come out in front of the media, in front of the same, he'll, he'll repeat the company, especially since he is a free agent at the end of the year himself, and he's going to go, I'm a pro, you know, blah, 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 it's part of the business, we understand, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. But, and, then now, would, listen, and then you know, they would trade him again. Well, they, just, <laughs> I just don't see that type of emotional energy that we saw from Isaiah, really, from Isaiah last year. It's, it's now I said this too after his sister died. Right. And that's something that's you know far more extreme than something like this. But you know, I mean, nonetheless, it's. I don't see something the psychological impact that could have on someone.
0: It it, it goes back unfathomable. I do well, Let's hope. Let's hope we release the episode uh, midweek yeah. and we hear the uh, us breaking down the trade from all angles. It uh, it, it, it's 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 again. It just can't fathom that it gets to that point, and uh, I just think that eventually the, that cooler heads will prevail, they'll figure this thing out, and each team will, will head on into what will be a, rela- if, if it wasn't a fascinating trade already, uh, they will remain intertwined as their pass to uh, hopefully an Eastern Conference final showdown uh, lays itself out.
1: You know what's really frustrating? One of, the, one of the many things that is very frustrating about this process is the type of hit that Isaiah Thomas' trade value has taken during this Th- last interesting. two days.
0: You know, and, and I agree. I, I I think, you know, one thing I, I think, especially during trades that people put way too much thought into is, like, if a guy's going to miss a little bit of time, like, how much does that impact a deal or, you know, like, how, 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 how much compensation should the Cavs get if he misses a month? Like, he's a free agent to be. If we're being honest, as part of this deal— you know, there's other assets that I think are potentially more important. Jay Crowder is under contract for a longer time. Uh, the Nets pick is going to be vital to the, both whether they can add another star or add a young player that could keep LeBron interested. I just feel like, you know, uh, I, I feel awful for Isaiah because um, it, it really does, It, it you, sort, you sort of look at him as, like, damaged goods now, and that's just not it's fair. Un- I know, like, it's
1: unbelievable. This was... He's like an expiring contract out of nowhere. He just literally, At- over the course of 48 hours, an MVP candidate has been degraded into an expiring, con- an expiring contract.
0: And part of me sits here and says that that's a bad thing for the Celtics because if this Horrible. thing goes through, oh, it's terrible. more – Well, no, like, not even just in terms of uh, uh, of like his value and stuff, but if this deal does go through, like now he's got – like the uh, the uh, Isaiah Thomas motivation meter has exploded and it's gushing – uh the 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 fluid that was in it because uh you know he's going to be really motivated again to prove what that that uh, he prove us all wrong again and that we're we're you know we're sitting here saying well can he come back from a hip injury and little guys and you know he's going to have the motivation to go out there uh you know the other end of the uh worry extreme I guess is it, you know what if he doesn't and uh so again it it it's a delicate delicate situation and uh I just feel I I do feel bad cuz you know, you, you wonder if this had never happened. You know, how do things play out differently? Uh, and you know, how is he embraced further? And you know, th- listen, those are all the what-ifs you can do for, for for all players in the league. But man, uh, you just feel bad that the, that all of a sudden this this hip is looming over Isaiah so so heavily.
1: Well, I, I'll finish sort of. I'll make a point on this, and I, once again, I said on the loss episode is one of the, re- I'd say, one of the primary reasons why I didn't think the Celtics initially gave up much, not to say much, but I thought Jay Crowder was a huge piece in the deal, of course, in Nets pick, is I actually initially believe, and this was before, you know, people like Mike Petralia, CLNS Media, put out tweets like he hasn't been able to jog or run at all this summer, is I personally thought that Isaiah Thomas's trade value, as it was, even coming off an MVP candidate-type season, a player who wants a contract that both me and you, and likely the Celtics as well, would not have given him, and you get, say, three, four months from now, you then run the risk of, quote-unquote, losing him for nothing. That is one of the many reasons as to why I love the trade initially uh, as much as I did. And, of course, I still... Now, I really hope that this does go through. But, of course, there is going to be a point where you say, you know what, no, hardball, we're not doing it. So what is sort of... GM Chris Forsberg, what is the maximum that you would give up to make this potential trade, you know, to get it, as you've been saying, to the finish line?
0: Until two hours before whatever that deadline ends up being, it's nothing. Ooh, and I let them stew. I let them stew. Like, let them sweat. And, um, I, uh, you know, maybe they, maybe they they can dig in and, and, and get, feel the same way. And maybe, you know, maybe GM Chris Forsberg starts sweating a little bit I know. Uh, by, by Thursday at, at 10 p.m. But, um, you know, if it's much more than a second-round pick or some sort of heavily protected, oh, you, I think
1: you definitely have to give up the, the the first rounder. Not, I would even, I would definitely consider two more first-round picks. That is not that Lakers pick, wow. uh, Chris. I do not think that I, they this going not going through was an option here for the Celtics. Unfortunately,
0: I mean, I, I start to try to talk myself into. Boston's first-round pick this year or next year, which is going to be I whatever, least, yeah, 25 I'd, to 30. i
1: consider at least two more firsts. And at the same time, I'd also, you know, without wow. saying it to him, I'd say, uh, Kobe, please lose my cell phone. You will never speak or do anything <laughs> with me again. Thank you very much. I,
0: I, I That's why I think that there has to be a, uh, you know, it would make more sense to wait. The, the Celtics are already giving up a lot. I think if you're Danny Ainge, you say, listen, I understand why you're concerned, but... The, it's an uncertainty. We don't know what Isaiah's status is moving forward, and this deal was negotiated in good faith knowing that there was an issue. So unless there's some sort of contingency to it based on playing time, which would—you know, you think back, they, they, it wasn't it wasn't like that. They had to go to the league and complain about Oklahoma City and whether they knew about uh, Jeff Green's heart condition. You know, even in that instance, the Celtics only got a second-round pick out of it. Uh, you, I do think there's a precedence for you know structuring it so that it's based on what happens during that season. Uh, uh, but I don't know. Like, as much as as as, and I understand why GM Larry H. Russell wants to get this thing to the finish line. I just don't think in this situation you can panic and say, all right, because it sets a bad precedence. Because then I think people around the league are going to say, well, you know, what if that right. happens again? Like, the, I think at that point the league's got to step in and be like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, they need to be do men. their own little yeah. investigation be because. It'll happen again. It's unfortunate, but this is a copycat league, and if if teams see that as a way to start getting a little bit more out of teams, it, it'll manifest itself like that. Um, I, I I don't know. I think they dig in here. I think we're in for a uh, for a little bit of a standoff. And uh, you know, if if at the finish line, you know, if I'm exasperated because I can't sort of enjoy my summer, uh, then GM Chris Forsberg says, okay, the second round pick at the best, and then we're done. And and just like you said, it's it's gonna it's gonna have some bruised feelings.
1: Hey, real quick, I need to know this by the way. Real quick. Um, the Isaiah Thomas jersey burning. Is this uh, the Golf of Tonkin? Do we know that these were Celtics fans that actually did this, or is this some random account that says, oh my god, flaming Celtics jersey, this must be Celtics fans who've done this. Classless Celtics fans, how dare they?
0: Yeah, it, 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 it's that probably the shady.
1: That was shady, wasn't it? it and, and, and listen, in this LeBron age where... It. LeBron did it. <laughs> I want to put a pass this, at him.
0: In this age when everyone wants to be a social media star... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's infuriating that, you know, and listen, we're guilty. I'm sure I, I, if, if I had been the first one to find that I would have retweeted it. I would have been like, look, the, you know, I would have called it stupid, but at least, you know, it is noteworthy. Um, it's unfortunate that we let one knucklehead, uh, sort of. Try to explain we, how Boston felt we, about we. the deal. I don't
1: think so. Not me. Not over here. Well,
0: but no, and I, I don't think so. But that's the, that's the perception, unfortunately. Yeah. You know that that when Go that's going viral, you got enough Twitter people, followers. Fix it. I, well, that when that's what we did, and I, I think you know, I, I, God bless the guy who came out with the video, and as you know, as as really it was just a takeoff of, of the Kyrie Irving Cleveland thing, but uh, you know, who threw the pieces of paper on top of the jersey, and it, it, they all you know said loving words about Isaiah. Uh, it, that was great to see because that that almost
1: needed to happen. Chris Forsberg, Celtics Beat reporter for ESPN. Follow Chris on Twitter at ESPN Forsberg. And that'll do it for today's episode of Celtics Beat, which was presented by FanDuel. Go to fanduel.com slash Celtics Beat to join the official Celtics Beat FanDuel Fantasy Football League want to thank everyone who tuned in to yet another week, particularly those early risers who had some patience on the later release of this week's show. Nonetheless, it was out there and presented live. Music was provided by Chuck Dietz and Steph LeGratto for CLNS founder Nick Jelso. This is Larry A. Trussell, the executive producer and host of the number one Celtics podcast on the web, powered by CLNS Media.